hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. Welcome to Queer Horror Cult. So it's uh, September. the The leaves are changing. They're falling off the trees. And after uh, a non summer, yeah, our great non summer. Tomorrow is kind of like the death knell of it. With uh, it's sunny and like up to about twenty degrees, and I think it's just downhill. And that's some of like the nicest weather we've had this summer. Yeah. Since I think it's still technically summer. Yeah, something. Like we haven't that. hit whatever solstice equinox, whatever the fuck yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, always conflicting for me because it's like creep towards Halloween. Mm-hmm. And like, I fucking love Halloween. Like, I love I, fall. I love Halloween. Yeah, it's so good. But fall here is also Like two depressing. weeks long, if that. Yeah. Cause, usually. And it also portends like the terrible winter we're going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we had mild winters, it wouldn't be so bad. No. No, our summer this year, save for the odd day, was like what I understand winter in Vancouver to be normally. That sounds about right. It was a lot of rain, a lot of cloudiness, and... A lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit, yeah. We don't, I mean, we don't have an ocean or, like, you know, stuff to make up for it, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. But we are on that nice uh, move towards Halloween. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at the positives and all that. Coming up in October, we've got a pretty great lineup, I'd say, mm-hmm. planned. Uh, so you're definitely going to want to tune in and stick around for that. We're... I don't know, I think the topics are really interesting, and we're kind of going to go a little a little hard on them, a little extra, uh, have some guests line up, that kind of thing, so mm-hmm. should be a good yeah, I think month. there's some good variation and stuff in what we're, yeah. we're planning on talking about, at least. Yeah, so uh, we're definitely sort of doing a month-long celebration of Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, especially As Halloween. As do most of you, I imagine. Oh, yeah, I, I've, I've already seen on like various webpages and stuff people talking about their October viewings and Halloween mm-hmm. movie plans and all that. Uh, Halloween's also special for us because it'll be our first year anniversary of doing this show. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. But we still have September to get through, and I don't want to slack on it, so no. we're going to keep the topics coming. This week was, I guess this is the first time we're really like revisiting a movie that we... Mm-hmm. really strongly. It wasn't just sort of mentioned in passing or briefly, but it was actually analyzed and all that, and we're mm-hmm. coming back to it. Because this week we're doing H.P. Lovecraft movies, but specifically Stuart Gordon H.P. Lovecraft movies, because that dude was just chock full of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have enough to do two episodes. We figured let's just watch a few and start with one. Yes. And see how it goes. Are you at all familiar with H.P. Lovecraft? Vaguely, yeah. I, like, like, and you know, the odds. Like, I know about like Cthulhu and mm-hmm. shit because everybody does, even if they don't know why yeah, they know. I feel like over the last little while, last decade or two, it's sort of done the whole zombies and pop culture thing, mm-hmm. where it, it was latched onto, became like this popular 
in like horror fandom but like horror nerd fandom especially and it just blew up so it was like Cthulhu everything and all that and uh it gets tiring I find for sure like kind of like uh, growing up I fucking loved zombie movies Dawn of the Dead is still one of my all-time favorite movies I remember uh uh, continually trying to rent it because it had the not for children sticker on it. That <laughs> so I kept going and then I would try to rent it every time I saw someone new. Oh, like, at that the worked store, there yeah. until someone eventually didn't care and like tried it to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, as you know, zombies have been big for me. And uh, now I just, I don't fucking care if zombies come up. Like if there's a zombie movie, it's like I am not. This again? There has to be something really good about it beyond that for me to. It has to like, be a hook. Like, I want to see Train to Busan, because I hear it's just a fucking great movie. Yes. Despite the zombie thing, but um, I also feel Lovecraft is kind of the same way. It's just to a lesser extent, because there's not as much media as, like, say, zombies, Mm -hmm. since I'm using that example. So I feel like it's a bit played out, but what it does that's unique, I think it can do really well. Um, I will have to, before we get into the movies, throw out the big disclaimer that... I'm going to I'm going to plant my flag here and say fuck HP Lovecraft on being a gigantic racist piece of shit cuz uh he was he was so fucking racist and totally you could probably do a good analysis of um his racism and how it affected his horror writing cuz I bet there's probably, oh, there's probably something some there good yeah. shit and by good shit I mean like good good, good quality academic. stuff yeah. to to unpack not not racism is good yeah. Um, there's often the argument that it's like he was a product of the time, which I mean, I feel like if anything, that's just a contextualization. That's not an excuse. No, I mean, I imagine there are people in his time who are like, man, that dude's fucking racist. Mm -hmm. He named his cat the N word. Like, yeah, bro, have some fucking chill. Yeah, have some tact. So yeah, like I said, I feel like that just contextualizes it. It doesn't excuse it because it's like, it's still shitty, gross racism, you know? Um, Yeah, but that being said, dude's long dead. His work is like out of copyright. He's he's not benefiting financially or otherwise from us discussing it. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, uh, he was long dead and out of copyright before I ever fucking heard of him Mm -hmm. kind of thing. If he was like a Max Landis type figure working now kind of thing and he was spewing racist shit, it would be like on principle I wouldn't fucking engage with his work because he doesn't deserve any goddamn money. Yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, yeah, so I I don't. I wanted to put that out right up front because I think it would be a mistake to ignore the fact that all of that is buried in there. Gloss over it. Yeah, it's so easy to just gloss over it, and it's so bullshit to just gloss over Mm -hmm. it, kind of thing. That said, a lot of my uh, favorite sort of weirdo horrors owe so much to his work, and maybe that's why uh, I, the work itself I engage so strongly with in some respects. Like, uh, I mean, even my favorite movie of all time, Evil Dead, Necronomicon, that's from, that's from Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Book of Avon from The Beyond, that's another uh, crops up in Lovecraft. Um, it's just, he's been pulled from so much. Uh, to the point where there were a glut of movies in the 80s and 90s that were specifically called H.P. Lovecraft's Blank. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of the ones we're going to be talking about are from Stuart Gordon. First one being H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator from 1985. This movie absolutely slaps. Like, this movie <laughs> fucking yes. rules so hard. I love it in all its cheesy, goofy glory. Oh, it's excellent. It's grotesque. It's uh, This has got to be, like, out of all of the, like, Jeffrey Combs, like, Lovecraft type or 
yeah, those kind of roles that he does. This one's probably my favorite because I just remember it's just like, man, this guy talks a lot of shit for being so fucking short next to all these, like, big-time doctors. Like, the audacity. I'm, I'm, I love it. Well, Dr. Hill was, like, what, like, 10 feet tall? And he's, probably. like, this publicist guy. And he's just like, you should have stolen more of Gruber's work. Then you'd have an idea. And, and maybe you'd actually be relevant. And, yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, King. It was so good. Um, I remember... The first time I saw this, it was on, a, again, VHS in the video store. Mm-hmm. That when the video store closed down, I went and bought it. So that video was well-worn mostly by myself and one of my good friends that <laughs> we were obsessed with that movie. But it was the it was a different cut of the movie because they had to cut down all the violence and stuff with a R-rated video rental scene. So they extended it almost like a TV version in other parts to pad out the running time. <laughs> so there was... I noticed, I remember a lot of that was more of him being a little shit to people. Yes. And it's like... <laughs> There were little bits that were missing from the uh, uncut version. The first time I saw them, I'm like, oh, no, that, that's not in there. What the hell? <laughs> like, I'll trade off for seeing the super splatter effects and totally. all that for these little beats. But, but it'd be lovely if we could have it all. All together. Well, we watched Arrow Video's release of this, and they have this one on there called the Integral Version, which restores a lot of that stuff in. Oh. Um, I'm interested to see if it's just straight up the cut down right. version with the extended scenes or if it's like, like an amalgamation of, of yeah. both. Because if it's both, I definitely need to, well, I need to watch it anyway. Exactly. But yeah, we just watched the regular uncut version on, uh, we've got the limited edition, I don't know, they put out some box set that like disappeared really fucking quickly, mm. I noticed, but managed to snap that one up and... Oh, God, this was, like, the third time making you watch this movie, wasn't it? Making me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, this is the third time I've seen this movie. I also had some friends in high school who, once they found it, they were, like, obsessed with yeah. it. And I just never had a chance to watch it before mm-hmm. we, like, met each other and started hanging out. Yeah. We, as you, you and I. You, you had a copy. I remember. I know. I, do. I was, like, um... One of the summers, my family was in Arizona. We went to, like, Fry's Electronics, which is a wild store because it is... We, okay, the one in Phoenix, it is, like, I think, like, Mayan-themed or something. So, like, the decor okay. and, like, it's crazy. Or at least it was at the time. And, yeah, it was just... It was very um, stylized, I guess. Okay. But, yeah, it was one of those places you could go and there's, like, all sorts of fucking movies. And so I got that, yeah, that um, copy of Reanimator that comes with, like, the glowing green pen that oh, looks yeah, like a yeah, syringe yeah. and stuff. And I, yeah, I remember I mentioned that. My friends were like, oh, my God, you got that? And it's like, yeah, I went to the States. And it was just on the shelf there. I know we don't get... Well, okay, it's probably changed. See, at the time, we didn't get shit like that in Canada. Oh, no. Probably still don't without ordering it in. No, um, well, that's exactly what I end up doing. I usually mm-hmm. go on... Uh places like Diabolic and whatnot, just because my options are support Amazon <laughs> or order it in. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that haven't seen this, did you want to give a little plot? Sure. Yeah, we have our uh, researcher guy who's in Switzerland, and some kind of experiment thing goes terribly wrong. He's accused of killing his like supervisor, professor, dude, and uh, he ends up relocating to Miskatonic University in Arkham. And so he's going to med school. He He's a, a weird little fellow. Oh, is he With ever. some secrets. Yeah, and uh, interesting theories and ideas. Yes, about uh, being able to reverse death, or rever- brain death specifically. Yep. 
And yeah, the as we were saying, he talks a lot of shit for for being a, a dude of his stature next to. I love very it. Tall. I love how he doesn't let that hold him back. No, he's he just doesn't. like, fuck you. I'm gonna be a little firecracker. Yeah. Okay, and he's an asshole, and it's ever. so funny because he's specifically an asshole to like stony old white men. Yeah. So who are like well esteemed in their fields and stuff, and then he just comes and is like, "You guys are full of shit." Yeah. And I'm not sorry to say that, and it's great. But he rooms with uh, the dean's daughter's boyfriend. Yep. Yeah, okay. I was like, is he the dean? Is he the pre- I don't know what, president? Whatever yeah, the fuck. His name is Dan that he rooms with. Yes. Um, he's seeing Megan, the dean's daughter. And when I was a kid and first saw this movie, I wondered how they <laughs> fucked up the script so bad because they're referring to this dude as Dean the whole time. And then all of a sudden his name's Alan. And I'm like, you guys <laughs> can't even keep your character straight. What the fuck? Because you, you have an uncle dean, so you like know that that's a name. Yeah, it didn't click with yeah. me. That it's like, no, that he the is position. the dean. Yeah. Who, what? <laughs> but I think I knew that. So I'm wondering, did I think he was Dean Dean? Like, is that where <laughs> I was at with that? Perhaps. Perhaps. And, yeah, so they're at med school. The faculty don't like him very much, needless to say, because he's kind of a dick and uh, thinks he knows more than them because he was in Europe mm-hmm. doing weird shit in Switzerland. And uh, he... We quickly find out that he has a serum based off of his old supervisor's work that he has, like, revised that seems to be able to reverse brain death. Mm-hmm. First tested out in cats and very soon tested out in humans. I like how when they test out in the cat, Dan goes to the D to tell him <laughs> that he's, like, he he's a, a reversed brain death at, like, beat the uh, brain death The 12 barrier. minutes yeah. or whatever the fuck was um, the limit before, like, a total final death and the dean is just so mad at this that he basically expels them herbert west and like rescinds dan's loan and like which essentially yeah because he can no longer says that a criminal charge can be pressed and it's just like i felt like that was such an overreaction like every time where he's just like he's just like his research he's done this how dare you bring these nonsense ideas into my office you are kicked out of school and it's like whoa dude so much for free speech on campus (laughs) what about the marketplace of ideas right coward should have debated him in the marketplace of ideas but yeah, they try it on human people. Yeah, need uh, we should mention that the cat does not come back normal. It comes no. back angry and feral and and very puppet esque. <laughs> yes, and so uh, humans kind of do too. Yep, yep. And it's kind of a spiral from there of them mm-hmm. covering up their fuck ups, like it's yeah. fuck up onto fuck up onto fuck up. Yeah. Oh no, the, the dude we brought back accidentally killed this guy. We better bring him back too because he's a fresh body anyway. It'll be good for our research. Oh no, they found out that there's something wrong with him and the doctor who did wants in on the action. He's going to oh, steal no, my research. Oh no, now I have to fight this doctor. Oh no, now there's a bunch of zombies and it's just like problem on top of problem that's just uh It's one of those movies that really spirals out of control <laughs> but in a very fun way. Like, yes. It keeps the plot moving in a fat... Uh, Pretty quick clip. Mm-hmm. This one was uh, Empire Pictures, which I don't know how much you're familiar with Empire Pictures. Only or... through what you've told me. Okay, it's sort of like Empire Pictures. I don't know the full history of it. This is something that I feel is a bit of a, a, a little blind spot in my information kind of thing. But I understand that they are related to Full Moon Pictures. I don't know if Full Moon Pictures just came after or mm. what the deal was. But 
There was this guy who had a production company that he ran out of his fucking castle in Italy. Like, he just had a castle in Italy, and he's like, I'm going to make does. movies. And he made a bunch of low-rent stuff that was pretty entertaining. But he collaborated with Stuart Gordon again and again and again. Like, Empire Pictures were responsible for this, for From Beyond, um, for, I believe, for Dolls. I um, And then, like you move on with full moon pictures, you get stuff like Castle Freak, and mm -hmm. it's just every time these, this collaboration like cast keeps of characters. happening. It's always uh, Stuart Gordon, Empire Pictures, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, H.P. Lovecraft. It's like, how many times, that formula clearly works for them. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got that shit down. Oh, yeah. Um, it'll show up more egregiously in the last movie <laughs> we watched, which I think is pretty great. But in uh, Reanimator, it stars... Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton, and they kind of work... They're they're another constant in the three movies we're talking about, yes. right? I fucking love these... I don't know if they're character actors, B-movie actors, uh, cult stars, like, whatever All you want to call above. them. But, like, I fucking love it whenever they show up. That's, uh... I'm not one of those ones who follows a movie by actor kind of mm -hmm. thing. Like, I'll usually be like oh that was directed by this person or that was written by this right. person awesome but if someone's in it um you know people show up that it's like oh yay they're in it but i'm not gonna be like wait this is their they're in this movie i have to rush out and see it. like that right. kind of star power isn't usually my draw mm -hmm. but i noticed that like for example barbara crampton when she shows up in something it's like i might have to check that out then because mm -hmm. she's in a Definitely. lot of really entertaining shit but then um this is based on hp lovecraft and this is based on story he wrote called Herbert West Reanimator. Hmm. And this one is probably the closest to the source <laughs> material of what we watch, but mostly because it's lengthy enough. Like right. it um the opening of this book it talks about how he was like working in Switzerland and Got it. Uh, how he was testing this experimental serum that could bring creatures back to life and how he tested it on animals and eventually people and and it sets up all the major beats of the movie that they wrote the mm -hmm. plot around uh, but it's funny because this is probably the most well-known or most famous of the Lovecraft based movies right. like there's a huge cult appeal big like 1985 80s horror appeal to it mm -hmm. but it's not so much based on what lovecraft is known for like it's a zombie story kind of right. thing it's um it does have the whole like science gone awry and like fucking with awful things it's nestled in the universe with like set at miskatonic which comes up again and again mm -hmm. but it's not very cosmic horror uh at least um the movie definitely isn't, but I feel like the book is less on that for sure. Okay. Or the, the story. Sorry, I keep saying book. It's a short story. Whereas he's known for all these, like, you know, the whole idea of, like, the big elder gods and, like, Cthulhu and all this right. uh, cosmic horror shit. Yeah. And so I find it funny that he, what he's popular for isn't what the most popular of his movies is about. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. But this came out, like, this is the same year as uh, Return of the Living Dead. Uh, this oh, okay. came out between the more serious but still goofy as hell Evil Dead and mm -hmm. the more comedic Evil Dead 2. Uh, it was right in the middles. It was before the uh, sort of, like, incoming 90s influence on <laughs> horror was coming. Because you, know, you can tell when you're watching, like, late 80s and then into early 90s, there's just these little shifts that you can see in the movies. And this was sort of, like, right at the... I would say, like, the uh, the zenith of 
the sort of fun 80s horror, like mm. the splattery, goofy funness. And so it's interesting that they take someone who is was considered a very nightmarish writer yeah. and just make one of the most fun movies right. out of it. Um, but I don't see how it would have worked if they took it completely seriously. No. Like, you could have made a serious movie out of it, sure. sure. Uh, but but I, would it have I the same appeal? Yeah, maybe Would it be not. Reanimator, as we know? Obviously yeah. not. Um, one thing that this movie does do quite different from the story, and this is a constant trend through all the movies, is it gets a real horny. <laughs> it gets yeah, because you mentioned horny. that, like, H.P. Lovecraft's book, his writings are, like, almost asexual. They're, it's, like, devoid from so much of his writings. Like, it's not even a thing that comes into it. Which, I mean, if you've seen pictures of that dude, he looks like an incel. Oh, Jesus like. Christ. <laughs> to, um, to <laughs> confirm, you're, gonna... you're ragging on incels, not asexuals, yes. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, okay, absolutely, cool. yes. Okay, good, good, because yes. I don't want to rag on asexuals. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, like, incel phrenology right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he would have appreciated that. <laughs> he would have, so. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have been like, no, honey, it's Valsel phrenology. Oh my god. Thank you very much. See, Valsel I can have so much more respect for. That's just like, yeah. It's like, you do you, you know? Totally. Um, but yeah, so this movie is real horny. And in, in Reanimator, it comes about because the gross, shitty, gross doctor who's always fighting with Dr. West and then gets decapitated with a shovel in a great moment. Oh, that's another thing. My uh, friend and I, we had this like little thing going where it's like we always loved it when someone got taken out with a shovel in the movie because it was always so unexpected and it was always so over the top and hilarious. So we had like whenever a shovel death would rock up, this was probably like our favorite. Yeah, it's like peak shovel death. It was so good. But anyway, um, this guy, he's now that he realizes he can be reanimated and walk around carrying his own severed head, which, you know, is a great little effect piece. Like, how do you take that seriously when he puts the head in the bucket of blood? As he's like, And he's, like, commanding his headless body to walk around and do something. He's just knocking shit off the desks. Um, but he is super horny for the Dean's daughter, and it's really fucking gross. Like, he has mm-hmm. this file that's got, like, her hair and bits of clothes and all these photos of her and all that stuff. It's, oh, yeah, he's he's a sex pervert. Yeah, and so, of course, he gets his body to knock her out and tries to rape her, basically. He tries yeah. to commit really gross sexual assault on her. Yeah, that's what these movies get horny, and they also get very, like... We need to put Barbara Crampton in a really creepy position with her tits out and, yeah. like, being near miss victimized by gross doctor men yep and this one probably has one of the most in my opinion at least growing up infamous (laughs) shocker moments like Mm. the the moment in the movie when he's trying to use his own severed head to go down on barbara crampton he's like strapped like this is just a it's an image that sticks with you it does i remember that, that like I hadn't seen Reanimator in years, and all I can remember is like, oh, that's the one when the severed head tries to eat the lady out. <laughs> yeah. That's that movie. That's because that movie. Like, it just gets burned into your retina, into your yes. mind's eye, if we're going video drum with it. Yes. Um, yet, this is like the least horny of the movies we watched this week. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that's saying something. So it's interesting that in updating the work, because the, the movie is set in a contemporary kind of thing, mm-hmm. but in updating it, 
it's post-sexual revolution. And so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. This movie is just full of it. Like, the, the Bika finale has all the zombies just hanging dongs <laughs> running around like with their their dicks flapping and stuff like that. And the movie doesn't give a Very fuck. Very, like, proto-Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh my god, is it ever? Like, I feel like we came <laughs> around, you yes. know? It's like, it got prudish, and then we came back around to, like, the I'm extremity. in the butt! Yes. <laughs> oh, that's just, yeah. Wow. Um, Reanimator is one of my all-time favorites from oh, that, the era, so... Yeah, that's yeah. why you're like, oh, I've made you watch it three times. Like, oh, yeah. made me. Yes, you had to, like, I went kicking and screaming into this yeah, movie all yeah, three yeah. times. Uh, next, we watched a movie that we've already talked about on this podcast, so we're going to try and talk about it maybe in uh, different terms. But we watched 1986's From Beyond, H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. Mm-hmm. This one is also based on a Lovecraft story. For a, as the title would, (laughs) for a very, very quick rundown, because this might be recap if you're keeping up with the episodes. Dr. Tillingast? Yeah. Is that it? Tillingast? Yeah, Crawford. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Crawford Tillingast. Yeah, he is um, doing this weird experiment in this mansion with uh, Dr. Pretorius, and they built this machine called the Resonator. When they turn the Resonator on all these weird lights and sounds come out and this lady on the street is just like, fuck this noise, this place sucks, and calls the cops. And when the cops rock up, um, Pretorius is on the ground with his fucking, like, head twisted off. And, uh, Crawford, played by Jeffrey Combs, of course, comes running out with an axe and it's, like, gonna smash the machine. He's just like, it has to be destroyed, and, like, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he claims that they the resonator opened a link to a different dimension that's all around us and a creature came through from beyond and ate the dude's head and of course the doctors are just like you're fucking crazy it's like he's having a psychotic break um, they say classic paranoid schizophrenia mm-hmm. i think is how they put it and barbara crampton she was playing like the dean's daughter just sort of like cohorting with a med student in reanimator she plays like a phd psychiatrist yeah yeah. um and it was only made a year later so i loved that turn on it (laughs) right she gets custody of him as a psychiatric patient and wants to take him back to the house to recreate the experiment and bring ken forey along as security because uh you know we had a ken forey double week i guess hell yeah Um, they're going to recreate the experiment, and of course when they do, they realize, oh shit, he wasn't lying. There's these weird monsters all around us all the time. Because what the resonator does is it hits a certain frequency that like stimulates the... Pineal gland? Yes. I, I lost the word for some reason. The pineal gland, which, as we know, it, as we all know, is uh, associated with hormone production yeah. and... It's it's what becomes calcified when the city puts chlorine or sorry, puts like fluoride, fluoride in the drinking water. water. Oh, oh yeah, that so. that's why your fluoridated water is <laughs> that's a word fluorinated. That's probably the actual word. Um, that's why it like fucks you up is because it calcifies your pineal gland, which according to uh, Doctor Bertorius is. Uh, Sort of like six sense sensory organ that lies. Yeah, they point out I, that I guess Descartes thought it thought it was the third eye. Yeah, like you know, they're like, oh yeah, that's not a new theory. Yeah. like for sure. But he's like, well, it's not a theory; it's a fact. Yeah, because he's very dramatic. 
but basically what happens is that they they run the resonator they realize that it's true and they can see all these little creatures floating around and stuff but the problem is that when the resonator is on and they can see all the creatures the creatures can all see them and start attacking them and shit yeah yeah um and then sure enough up shows dr pretorius naked as fuck <laughs> covered in some kind of jelly and all that mm-hmm. and he's um and they're like, oh, my God, you were dead. And he goes, uh, come and touch me. And you'll see I'm not dead. And when he does, he realizes his body is just like a mush exoskeleton thing mm-hmm. that is filled with his being of horror that is merged with whatever from beyond. But while he's doing that, he's also being really horny to Barbara Crampton. And he's like, oh, oh dear, come closer. Let me touch you. Let me see you. Oh, yeah. you didn't ever introduce me to her. You're holding out on me. Yeah. Ugh. 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 But then things go awry when they keep using the resonator. Because they get a little bit, like, addicted to yeah, it. Yeah, especially Barbara Crandon. She is just, like, hooked on it. Very um, much like Pretorius. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, eventually, Jeffrey Combs spouts a face penis. Like, this little... Uh, his pineal gland, like... Just, like, pops out of his forehead. And, and so looks he, around he and burrows and shit. He has on his head that a dick comes out of. That's what it looks like. It's like... It does. It, it does. Like it looks like a prolapse. It's pulsating it, butthole gape <laughs> on his forehead. It's really gross. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's 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 pretty gross is the best word yeah. I can think for it. It's Which it means very effective. It's yeah. very well done. But it's fucking gross. Yeah. Especially the close-ups where it's just, like, worming around underneath and they're trying to grab it with the forceps. It was... Yeah, it was gross. This one was a lot closer to the source material in a way. In a way, yes. But in another way, it was... Like, most of the movie was just made up. Just pulled out of their ass, yeah. Because the source material is, like, a seven-page short story that is basically the setup of this movie. That's, like, the first scene before the credits. Basically. Yeah. So it's, you know, the ideas are all there, and it's, like, pretty faithful to that. But then, how do you turn that into a feature movie? And this is how you do it. This is how. Uh, I guess by getting even hornier with it. Yes, so Dr. Pretorius, turns out, he um, made sex movies of him. It's it's supposed to look like BDSM, but the impression is that he, like, tricked these women into, like being brutalized and then filming yeah. it so yeah it's it's not like consensual bdsm it's like he's a gross sex pervert who is into to naughty things and yeah. likes to be terrible to women yeah like in the first scene when um jeffrey combs is just like i think i figured out the resonator i think i figured out he runs down to dr pretorius's room it's like dr pretorius i figured out and he opens the door in like a silk kimono yeah and just like open like you can just tell he's probably hanging down he's just probably watching camera. videos of himself and his room is just full of like sex gear it's like a sex dungeon yeah there's like paintings of like like i think we bdsm naked ladies really all over the world in the the wherever the bundle fly just talking about his closet full of gimp suits and yeah yeah shit yeah like that. totally uh but that horniness is like affecting everyone in the movie like mm. ken Forey is talking about how he got a hard on from the uh because the pineal gland is being a hormone regulating including libido regulating uh feature of the brain yeah. once it's once it gets stimulated and mm-hmm. full fired up and hot and bothered uh, i guess so do you yeah but the horniness follows that sort of, like, aggressive, it like, the line between, like, sex and horror mm-hmm. is so blurred, like, in the same way Reanimator was, where it's just, like, you know how, like, there's the sexual assault component to it, and then it was just, like, this fucking, like, gross body horror kind of thing. It's that 
all over again. Get dialed like, up again, yet again. Like, uh, like you mentioned, the doctor's always perving on, uh... Yeah, he's just, like, whoops, those tentacles, where I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, rip open your shirt here, and... Oh, yeah, feel, of course lick, there is another... Lick your fucking face while grabbing your boobs, and, yeah. like, just normal things. Yes, just normal just things. Just normal doctorly things. So, it was, uh, really gross in that regard, but... There was also this weird fucked up part where Barbara Crampton gets really horny and like puts on some bondage gear and then starts like giving the the unconscious Jeffrey Combs a handy under the blanket. Unconscious and like brutally brutalized by like a monster. Like yeah, his, the monster his hair is his gone. Hair. His hair is his, gone because the monster. His skin ate is it. all like fucked up with like marks on it from yeah. like fucking I don't even know what tentacles or some yeah. shit. Like he's not well. Yeah. And so she's just giving him a handy under the blanket, and she tries gets to come on to the cop. caught by the cop, who she then tries to get with. And it's just like, no one has any, like, healthy sense of sexuality in Her this. Boundaries? It, yeah, like, it's, it's <laughs> so... I guess the cop does, because he, like, like, grabs her and, like, points her head up to the sex mirror. He's like, look at yourself! Is this yeah. what you've become? And she's like, I don't know. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, the king is like, have some self-respect. Yeah. You're a doctor! <laughs> he's kind of great in this movie. Um, I mean, he's great in, like, all the movies yeah. he's, he's in, but he's, he's a funny character. And what about that hard-on I got? Like, yeah. <laughs> that line I, I is so good. I love how, how he fucks up right at the beginning, and they make a point of it where he uh, is security for the whole thing, and uh, Barbara Crampton, the doctor, is taking uh, Jeffrey Combs, the patient, out of the hospital, and then he immediately goes to Jeffrey Combs and goes to shake his hand, thinking that he's clearly the doctor because he's the man. Yes. I mean, he was a doctor and all that stuff but he right. it's like he fucks up who's who based on those kind of assumptions mm-hmm. and the movie sort of points at it like it's not um i don't know it's like he's such a lovable guy but he still fucks up yeah he's human yeah this one um i thought it was interesting how the they have the whole like you know mad scientist kind of thing who mm-hmm. becomes tripped up by power too much and that seems to be his downfall but then it's actually he's evil or whatever and then you see that repeating, but how they do that with, like, a woman? How all, mm-hmm. now she's the one kind of following under the same spell of power yeah. and stuff. And, yeah, I thought that was interesting how they did that without, like, being weird about it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, without be- being, like, okay, we're going to use this as an excuse to be, like, really misogynistic. Yeah, and like has to somehow divert this into some really fucked up bullshit. Yeah, and we have to, like, punish her in a way we would never punish Dr. Pretorius yeah, no. for, like, going after this. So I was like, that's that's, that's kind of cool. I, I haven't thought of that. That's, yeah, it's, we uh, love gender equality in our, like, pineal jerking off. Pineal penal peril. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um... I like this one a fair bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it as much as Reanimator, but yeah, it's, but it's uh, still fun. It's like Reanimator's kind of like pervy uncle or like weird <laughs> brother or something. Yeah, like it's that. like older brother who like he's the older he, brother that like showed Reanimator porn. Yeah, like, yeah, he exactly. To really, like, he's like he, here, bro. You'll you'll appreciate this when you're older. And gave him like some penthouse magazines, and the pages were a little, little stuck together and that stuff. Is, but... That is the <laughs> best description that you could come up with for what from beyond the Reanimator's relationship is. <laughs> oh shit! And Reanimator's just like, okay, man, this is great. You're oh, right, wow. bro. Oh, well. Oh, wow. I love this. Okay, then what does that make the next movie we watched? Like, what does that make it? Um, 
Oh, God. Their, their dad who runs a porno store. Except the person we know whose dad runs a porno I, store is, like, the most well-adjusted person. I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm borrowing this, like, this, this, this story from a friend, but... I don't, but yeah, she, she's much more well-adjusted than Reanimator. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or from or Beyond. The, or this next movie, which is Stuart Gordon's Castle Freak. Yes. This fucking movie. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> it was, uh, it's the Empire Pictures one that was actually shot in, in the dude's the castle. the castle. So I really loved that about it because it's mm-hmm. like this uh, Italian scenery and... I think you made a comment where it's like it's so nice to watch a movie where they're speaking a different language and with no subtitles, but I know what they're saying. Yeah, because we both at least know some Italian mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I was uh, like, oh, I get, I understand what's happening. Yeah, I understand what I, she's I found saying. This movie was pretty easy to follow. Mm-hmm. The Italian that was uh, yeah, it wasn't anything really, really complicated for yeah. sure. But without the subtitles there, unless you know, you you don't know. You kind yeah. of just infer, which I'm used to because so many TV shows do that with like. I don't know, whatever's trendy, like, a, or trendy, I should say whoever, like, especially the uh, primetime drama cop type shows, they do that with, like, Arabic and, like, Russian and, mm-hmm. you know, all the, all the, whoever, like, the enemies of the state are yeah. kind of thing. So it's like, oh, we got Italian. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, I want to say enemies of the state, giant scare quotes, fuck them, like. I get what you're saying, you're saying that, yeah. like. Yeah, they they've been doing this from from movies forever, like, like it was Cold Russian War terrorists, and like it was yeah, Chinese right, terrorists, like, and it was Arab terrorists, and it's like yeah, 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 people that aren't like us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, so Castle Freak. Oh Jesus, where do I begin with this mm, one? It's, I don't um, even know. Okay, it starts with this old lady that lives in a castle alone. And she's just preparing some food for herself and her cat. And then she takes this plate of food down into this dungeon below, like, the basement of her castle. And goes into this tiny room and whips the fuck out of someone who's in chains. And then gives them the food. And mm-hmm. then fucks off. And then has a heart attack and dies. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the opening little sequence of the movie. Yep. And then we get... Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton as a married couple that hate the shit out of each other. Yeah. Or they definitely fight a lot. Yeah. And they inherit the castle. With their teen daughter. Yeah. And they inherit it freaking all. Castle freak and all. Yeah. <laughs> Unbeknownst to them. Yeah. Uh, I found... They thought they just inherited a freaking castle, not a castle freak. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> not stupid at all. No. <laughs> um... I liked the uh, how different this was as far as their portrayal because you know it's Stuart Gordon doing a movie based on Lovecraft. Yes, yeah, so in this one you put the scarecrow. It's based on Lovecraft, <laughs> um, starring Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs. But in this one they play like a married couple. Yeah, they're not they're not doctor scientist nope. types with potions of reagents mm-hmm. or like brain stimulating electrode yeah. things or whatever. They're just. They're just a miserable married couple, yeah. like everybody else. Yeah, and so it gave them kind of a different angle, very for different performance. And I thought that I thought they, they they did a good job. Like he played the total ass of a husband, really. Yeah, well. washed up, like, fucking. Like it's funny because he was sympathetic when the script needed it to be, but at the same time he played like you know when he finally falls off the wagon and mm-hmm. his stuff. They play him up like the bumbling 
Oh, he American falls. fish out of water. He's a fallen man. Yeah, yeah. Like they play it so well on that. Yes. And then with Barbara Crampton, same thing. They play it equal parts sympathetic and overbearing with like mm-hmm. how she is with her daughter and yeah. all that. And uh, yeah, so I thought the performances were shockingly solid for something so seemingly low rent. Mm-hmm. Because uh, so out of character for them. Can I can I talk about? the score to 90s horror movies for a second yes what the fuck were they thinking in the 90s like in the early 90s the soundtracks like half the music sounded like a jaunty pirate tune (laughs) there were no pirates in this movie there was just a castle freak and he's running around and he's like and stuff like that and it's like this is not intense this is not fitting at all like they could have done the fucking Baroque, like, do 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 And, like, that would have at least been less shitty of a choice. <laughs> it would have been, no like, tonally how... yeah, in like, more in the right direction. It would have been cheesy as hell, but at yes. least it would have fit the movie. Yes. Uh, but I felt like this was an epidemic in 90s movies, where, like, the music <laughs> was just... It was, like, what was Pro Tools just invented or something? And they're just <laughs> dicking around with it, like... It was at the level of, like, the first iteration of GarageBand or something like that. Like, what was going on with this? I think you nailed it. Oh, I fucking hate the music. I hate it so, so much. (laughs) Um, And it's... I want to say it might even be the same composer as the other ones, but Mm. I could be wrong on that. But it's still one of those things where it's like, this just sounds terrible. It's it's time. (laughs) Anyway, so... um, they're fighting as a couple because daddy got real drunk and crashed the car and killed their baby their JJ. five-year-old JJ and, and blinded. blinded. And I thought that was kind of like, you could tell Stuart Gordon did this because it was like, there's these little bits that are just more brutal than you expected. <laughs> like when the cars rolled over and this little cheesy crash thing, she's lying on the ground with broken glass sticking out of her eyes is what it looks like. Right. It's like, what the You're like, bro. <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, oh. That got harsh. You went there? Yeah. Okay. And um, their fighting reaches this, like... Okay, well, first, alongside their fighting, the castle freak manages to eat a cat. And it gives... Yeah, like, that sucked, but... (sighs) Yeah. Um, it gives him enough, like, protein or Vitality. whatever to, to bust his chains and get out. Get the fuck out of his cage. And, and he's the, doing just fine. And the only person who knows that there's someone down there. Jesus Christ. That you got almost it. almost went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the only one who knows that he's there is their blind daughter. So she can't see him, but she knows that someone's there. And, of course, no one believes her. So, like, oh, it's just, like, castle sounds. It's just castle sounds. That's even, like, what the cop says. It's, like, <laughs> these castles, they have sounds. Especially at night, there's castle sounds. Because there's 150 rooms. Yeah. But, anyway, so the castle freak is hiding around the castle. And the relationship is falling apart. And one night, Jeffrey Combs just, like, goes to town and get shit face drunk, like after being sober for a while. Yeah, like he was trying to. He was like, you get the impression was, that like after the accident, he yeah, like, he was drunk driving the for fuck the accident. Up, yeah. yeah, and uh, oh my god, his asshole drunk acting was just so <sighs> great. Nailed it. Um, he didn't have to go that hard for us, but he did. He did. Yeah, King. but a uh, a woman approaches him and asks for a light and. You know, in short order, it shows that she's on the make, right? And 
he decides because he gets kicked out of the bar for being belligerent and shitty and drunk so he's just like i know a place with all the wine that never closes and then of course he's talking about his own wine cellar and they just get fucked up but i just loved how he how the movie plays him as such a dick in these moments even though he thinks he's so suave (laughs) like he opens the bottle of wine takes a swig and then goes to pour some on her and she's she's like like, it's so fine (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) fuck you doing yeah and it's just like he's just trying to like be all smooth and somebody can barely stand up it's just like i love the way they played that it was so good uh, but they soon get to business, and the castle freak watches, and this is where we get the fucking horny pervy what-the-fuckness of this movie, because it turns into, like, some Skinamax softcore porno when he's, like, muff-diving. Yeah, I was like, like, how far is this going? Yeah, it's just like, are, are we gonna see penetration? Like, like is... I genuinely was wondering. Is it gonna be, like, is the was it actually called Castle Freak in the Sheets? Like, is that, <laughs> is that what... Must have been he nuts and then is just yeah, like five strokes filled, nuts. filled with with regret and just like realizes that she wants money yeah so she's like asking it. for like a, like i don't know a hundred thousand lira i'm not sure what that translates to but it's a lot and so he gives her just just take it all and she's just like it's too much he's like troppo troppo and he's like no just take it and it's just i love when she's just like take it and she's just like no let me get your change, sir. Yeah, he's like, no, he's a dick. You have a kid. Go feed your kid. Take his money. I mean, she doesn't fight that hard. She takes the money. She does. But, but then, she's no, no, throw up, throw up a couple times. It's like, sis. She gets attacked by the castle freak. And we see a sequence that was way too much for me when I first saw this mm, at the tender yeah. age of like 11 or 12. Yeah, <laughs> you said you sold your copy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the castle freak basically commits really gross sexual assault. But since he's a castle freak, doesn't understand what sexual assault even is, let alone sex, and basically bites off her her breast and then eats her out. But like, eats her out, and it is fucking gross as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. It wasn't pleasant to sit through this time, but I remember nope. it was really like, uncomfortable. I did not know what to make of that no when kidding. I first saw this as a kid. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, content warning for y'all out there. This movie gets real graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's not all, because the Castle Freak wants to fuck. But Castle Freak has a problem. <laughs> Castle Freak... Well, I guess the easy way to put it is Castle Freak just, just truck nuts down there. That's what Castle Freak's got. It's just like, there is a close-up where we see the Castle Freak's balls and no dick. It's just like cut off. It's just and, 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 and legend has it, he ripped his own dick off. <laughs> yeah, according to po- podcast, much more popular than our own, he ripped his own dick off, even though Stuart Gordon has said like... Stuart Gordon claims it's an apocryphal text, but we all know in our hearts it is true. Okay, so probably after, like you said, he probably just fucking got bored one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after Castle Freak ripped his knob off, and uh, we get so much action of him running around balls out, and I we mean do. balls out, yes. you know. The, balls the, first, he like enters the room balls first. Yeah, and uh, I really hope they keep that part for the remake. <laughs> There's a remake coming down the pipeline, Barbara Crampton's producing Well, it. she better guarantee it's in there. Yeah, like... I want to swede this movie just using a pair of truck nuts and a wig and just wear that, like, underwear. <laughs> um, 
the uh, superior remake. <laughs> yes, exactly. As is for the Lovecraftiness of it all, I didn't even read the story. Oh. Couldn't find it. It's not in my oh. copy. Wow. But it's based on a short story called The Outsider, and hmm. like it sounds like it's so barely based. <laughs> like I remember watching it, and then you like turned and looked at me part of it, and you're like, "Lovecraft wrote this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like uh, no, not quite. Not quite. Like, this one doesn't even bother saying H.P. Lovecraft's Castle Free. It just is Castle Free, yeah. Yeah, but... I think I have a Lovecraft book somewhere. I should see if it has that in it. Has the outside yeah, of it, Like, yeah. I have a hard copy. God, somewhere, I think. Mm-hmm. I owned one at some point. I skimmed it at most. Ah, yes. Um... So my favorite part <laughs> of this movie is the, like montage of Jeffrey Combs' character running up all of the stairs <laughs> in the castle in all these different rooms and elevations and not so much as breaking a sweat, let alone because <laughs> hyperventilating or oh, like he's not human. He's 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 a machine. My he's just like <laughs> that part was great. It was so good. My favorite fucking part of the movie is when Barbara Crampton is leaving him and taking their daughter with her. <laughs> and he's finally figured out what's going on. And he's running out of the air. He's like, wait, wait, I have to explain to you that she had this whip. It's because she kept her son in the Because he's being basement. blamed for the murder yeah. of the, the sex worker. It's like, no, the son was still alive. And he's got out. And he was the murderer because she tortured him. And now he's loose in the castle. And our daughter As was the running. cab is driving away. The cab away. is driving. He's running alongside us. He's yelling something. He's like, you've got to believe me. There's this pause, and then the daughter, as he's, like, left to the dust, just goes, Bye, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> it's the stupidest moment ever, but <laughs> just her chipper, Bye, Daddy, like, kill. Bye, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> Going to the airport now! <laughs> Never see you again! Oh, fuck. This movie is on Shudder, so if you have a Shudder yes. account, that's how you can watch it. I give it two dickless balls out of five. <laughs> Think that's a reasonable, <laughs> but I know I want to put half a ball in there just for good measure. Okay, half a nut. Just, just to say I did. <laughs> oh God! So, I guess what I can surmise is that so far in the oeuvre of Lovecraft movies, at least for the ones that are a little more well known or have cult status, at least there's not really much unifying it to Lovecraft. Like, right. I feel like From Beyond of the ones we watched was the only one that was, like, recognizable mm-hmm. as a very Lovecraftian kind of tale. But what they do have in common is Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton and Stuart Gordon and a bunch of horniness. Mm-hmm. And some great gross-out moments. Yes. Like, oh, God, in Castle Freak, when he bites through his own thumb to get the shackle off. <gasps> oh, yeah, because I was like, oh, he's going to break his thumb, and then he, like, fucking bites it. I was like, he... I was like, okay, he made it worse. He made it worse than what I said. Yeah. Why did he do that? Or from beyond, you get the sucking eyeballs out of people's heads and then sucking their brain through their eye hole. (laughs) Didn't you say they got in a lot of trouble for those scenes? Those were, like, cut. And, like, this movie didn't come out uncut for a long time. Holy shit. In our digital age, it's finally available uncut. But, like, yeah, that was a... Another one they were too scared to debate in the marketplace of ideas. Yeah. Oh, God. Or, of course, there is the part when uh, the pineal gland finally busts out of his head, <laughs> and he's just looking at the sights before him. He's like, it's beautiful, and it looks like a fucking, like, 80s 
predator heat vision. Yeah, they look like heat vision. (laughs) It's just like, oh man. Oh. It looks like they got the first version of Photoshop and clicked the first filter and was like, good enough? Yeah, they're like, oh yes, we posterized this image. I mean, I totally get that, you know, it's like, Low budget movie yes. from the eighties, digital effects like I appreciate it, but but it what it is a funny it's moment. Funny. That's for sure. It is. It's yeah. beautiful. It's like not really. No. <laughs> I feel like as far as movie adaptations of Lovecraft and even Stuart Gordon ones, the one that probably gets closest in my mind is Dagon. Uh, which uh, we felt like it'd be a bit much to maybe just like do because we'd be basically redoing queer eye for butterfly, but with like less focus. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's no point to that, right? Um, but I suppose that'll do it for us today. Yeah. Well, um, maybe like you said, we have enough. Uh, there are enough Lovecraft movies to do a second episode. There's enough Stuart Gordon Lovecraft movies to do a second. There you episode. go. So if we ever do that again, Dagon, we'll be there. Yes. Uh, so what are you recommending? I'm recommending Stuart Gordon's episode of Masters of Horror called Dreams of the Witch House. Yeah, that was a a, a cursed movie. It was pretty cursed. I saw that when it first came out, like way (laughs) back. And I remember being like, oh, that was one of the better episodes because it's so fucking weird and out there. Then I watched it again and it's like, what the fuck is going on with this episode? Like the little rat face dude. Yeah, I'm I'm like, is it as cursed as Castle Freak? In a very different way. In a different way, and and in a, I mean, maybe it, it's a, t- it was like TV, so it can't yeah. be quite as extensively cursed, I suppose. I don't know. The whole point of Masters of Horror was that they could be as cursed as they this... wanted to be. And it <laughs> yeah, resulted... so specifically as cursed as they wanted to be. <laughs> well, it resulted in Takeshi Miki's episode being banned, and some right. people say it's still probably the most extreme thing he's ever done. Wow. So, fair yeah. enough. I mean, like um, Dario Argento's episode, Jennifer features this like. Mutant eating this preteen's dick, so you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Or I guess some I know it's like no dick. limits, and it's like, yeah, you kind of went hard on the whole no limits thing, yeah. especially on the behind the scenes when they showed the fake dick that she was eating. It's like, oh my god, was that person like fourteen and is a dick bigger than my arm? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking weird, weird one. That's for mm. sure. But that's Masters of Horror for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna recommend one that's not Stuart Gordon, but and not I think cursed. It's fun. It's 80s funness. Or, no, actually, it's early 90s funness. Um, it is a little cursed? It's a little cursed. <laughs> H.P. Lovecraft. It's uh, The Resurrected by, I believe, Dan O'Bannon, who did Dead and Buried and stuff like that. It's a fun, s- sloppy makeup, gore, splatter, fun 80s movie. Like, cool. that's the best way to put it. It's based on the case of Charles Dexter Ward. And it's... Uh, trying to think of things to say about it and all i can think is like ah, i need to rewatch that movie because i've only seen it once it's been mm. a long time but i remember enjoying it that's for sure cool cool do you know how to say anything in thulean no <laughs> take, take it easy keep it sleazy and <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect say take it easy keep it sleazy and then choke on like mm. a donut or bunch something of phlegm. yeah hork up a loogie <laughs> How to say something in Cthulhu language. It's not a language. It's just a bunch of noises that he wrote. But it's Rillian. Oh my god. Till next time, take it easy, keep it sleazy. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to find some Cthulhu language here. Hafordrin <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. <laughs>